Mark chapter number six tonight, Mark chapter number six, and we're going to look at the end of this chapter this evening, and while you're fi finding your place, uh, I want to uh, ask you tonight to listen on purpose, if you will. I joked at the beginning of the service about how everyone is seems a little docile tonight, and uh, that may or may not be true. That may just be perception on my part, uh, but you may my perception may be reality as well. Uh, but it is that time of year, and I know the, the conference is just a couple of weeks away. We're still catching up uh, from the conference, and I know many have been sick. I want you to listen to the message tonight because my desire for this message, of course, to help us all, but leading us into next week and that meeting next Sunday night is a very important meeting. Uh, and uh, you'll understand once we get there, and there's going to be much to be, uh, uh, there's much to be excited about what God is doing, uh, but certainly some of the other things that I want, I want us to speak on uh, that evening and talk about is, are very important as well. But I want us to remind us of a very important, some very important truths this evening that certainly apply to us as a church in the year 2021, but they apply to our life uh, as a Christian. And you'll understand once we get into the message tonight, Mark chapter number 6. Let's begin reading in verse 45. Mark 6 in verse number 45. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them, and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. This is my message tonight, but can you imagine how afraid they were? And to hear the voice of the Son of God, how comforting that had to be. To hear Him speak to them, how comforting this, that had to be. Just, a, just, a, just a, a reminder of a very important truth when we're afraid. Uh, go to the Word of God and, 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 and hear the voice of God. It'll comfort us. But look at verse number 51. And He went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. Now watch verse 52. For they considered not the miracle... Of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. I want to take us back as a church to the month of February. And if you recall, I preached several messages in a row on Sunday morning about the miracle of the five loaves and two fish. You remember that? It wasn't 10 years ago, it wasn't it was almost 10 months ago, but you remember those messages week in and week out. Uh, if I don't know if it's frustrating to you, it's a little frustrating to me as the pastor of this church to drive on the property and there'd be 26 classrooms on the property that we cannot use. That's frustrating to me. Uh, as I was walk, as we've been going through this process for several months now, our financing and building and things of that nature, and I'm thankful that we did get some more land cleared out here. Uh, and then a monsoon came through, so they'll be back in a couple of weeks when things get dried out. But we got some progress out here. I decided to revisit the story of the five loaves and the two fishes to see if there was something in there that the Lord would use to speak to me 
to help me as we navigate this journey that we're in of getting all of these projects moving along. And he brought me to this verse, verse 52. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. I don't know if you will need what is preached tonight, but I need to be reminded of what is going to be said tonight. And I'm going to preach on this subject. Don't forget the miracle. Don't forget the miracle. Uh, I don't know if anybody else is... I'm an impatient man. You know that. That's my one fault. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I didn't catch that. Good. I, I am, I am impatient. Uh, I, I don't like to wait. Uh, if God's going to do it. I, but we know that God has a perfect plan. He has perfect timing. And if you have not been frustrated along the way, hearing your pastor say, things are working. We just don't know when or where or what. I've been frustrated to have to say it. And so I want to use this verse of Scripture to help us as we move into and get to, to, to that meeting next Sunday night and then into the end of the year. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Don't forget the miracle. Don't forget the miracle. Father, I pray you'll use your word tonight as we look at your, at your word in a very practical manner. But Father, a very powerful truth is going to come forth from the Scripture tonight. It's one that will help us collectively as a church in this period that we are in uh, with what we have ahead of us as your people. But Father, this will also be a help to us as individual Christians, not just today in our life, but uh, every day moving forward. I pray that you'll use your book tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> we come to this passage of Scripture and we read this account in Mark chapter number 6. Our text verse reminds us they, that their heart was hardened. You think about that. How quickly these disciples forgot what they had just witnessed. What had they witnessed? They had witnessed Jesus taking five loaves and two fish and blessing them and breaking it and feeding 5,000 people. They had forgotten the part that they had played in that miracle. They had forgotten what they had seen with their own eyes. They had forgotten how they searched the crowd, trying to find something that the Lord could use. And they came up with five loaves and two fish, and they took it to the Lord Jesus, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he divided it up amongst them. And they went out, and they fed everybody there, got filled. Didn't just get a, a morsel. They got filled, and then there was more <coughs> left over than they started. You would think that if they witnessed that, they would not forget it. But yet, Scripture tells us they considered not the miracle of the loaves because their heart was hardened. And we must be reminded, we must be careful not to forget the miracles that God has done for us. We, these disciples, let their current circumstances the current storm and difficulty they were in, it let them take their mind away from what God has already done. And no matter what you deal with in your life, don't, don't forget the miracles that God has done in your life. Don't forget the miracle of salvation. Don't forget the miracles that God has performed to, 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 to get you to where you are today and how many times He has done miracles in our life. And collectively as a church, how many miracles has God done for us? We could be here all night long speaking of the miracles that God has done. But yet sometimes we get into a storm, we forget the miracle. 
<clears throat> I want us and and I just want to remind us this evening, and, and we, there is progress. There are some things I do want to uh, talk to you about on Sunday night. There's some things we're going to vote on uh, Sunday night, so that may give you a little bit of indication of, of where we are with some of these things coming forward. But I don't want us to ever forget the miracle that God did for us earlier this year. The million dollars committed by this church to move forward in construction, the act of faith in the offerings that have, that, have, that have been given, the money that has been given to these things. And many of you could give testimony based on your faith, what God has done for you in your life since that time. Don't forget the miracles that God has done for you. We are not much different than the disciples. And when we get in the ship and we get in the storm, and, and that wind begins to blow. We forget what we have seen God do. We forget what we have seen Him, the miracles we've seen Him perform, and we only focus on the storm around us. We can apply this as a church to certainly what God has done for us this year, but we can apply it even further back than this year. We can, we can apply to all the miracles that God has done for us. Now, <clears throat> on a personal level, I want you to apply that to your life tonight on a personal level. We do go through storms. But where th these disciples were afraid when they didn't have to be afraid. Certainly, if Jesus could take five loaves and two fish and feed more than 5,000 people and have more left over, certainly he could preserve them in a storm. He's the one that sent them on their way. And it's so true in our own life that we'll face a difficulty, we'll face a crisis, if you will, in our own life, and we get afraid, we understand our humanity, we understand our limitations, but don't forget the miracles that God has done for you. Now, he says they, they, their heart was hardened. I don't want my heart to be hardened so that I can't remember what God has done for me. I want us to look at this passage this evening, and there's some practical truths that I think will be a help to us as we see uh, what the, the disciples went through and some things the disciples endured so that we understand as we face things in our own life. Look, look at me number uh, one at verse number 45. And straightway, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side. Number one, they could not stay on shore. They couldn't stay there and bask in the miracle that they had just experienced. They had to move on. They couldn't stay and just reminisce about what God had done. Think about what they had seen and witnessed and, and the time that it took to go and find that five loaves and two fish and bring it back to the Lord. And he blessed it and then divided it up so that they could feed 5,000 people. That would take some time to do. They had witnessed that. And can you imagine how full their hearts must have been as they saw what God did and how God used them to be a part of that? But there came a time when Jesus said, now you got to get in the boat and go to the other shore. How many times has God blessed us? And we've been in those situations where you look and see what God has done and you can truly walk away and say, God has done a miracle amongst his people. God has done a great thing amongst his people, whether it be uh, the, the God with us program or whether it's an answered prayer or, 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 or the, the, the hand of God in, in his providence 
uh, working amongst his church, we can walk away and say, God has done a miracle. It's times like that, we would like to just, let's just stay and let's enjoy it forever. But that's not reality. And what we see in the life of the disciples is they could not stay on shore. They had to, they had to keep moving in doing what God had instructed them to do. And it is true with us as a church that we must continue to do what it is that God has instructed us to do. Number two, look at me at verse number 48. Now look at verse 47. And when, when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. This isn't my message, but, but whenever I read this verse, I have to mention this. They're out there in that sea, and Jesus is just up on the land, up on the mountain, watching them. I don't, I, that's just a powerful picture to me. I don't think they were aware. And this is true in our own life. You're not in that sea by yourself. You go about your day, it's like nobody understands or knows what I'm even going through. He's watching. And so many times we as preachers preach in a, in, a, in a way, and we should, to remind us that we ought to be careful what we do because we have a God who watches us, and God who sees us, and God will find out. That is all true. But I also want to remind us that God watches us because He cares for us. He's watching over us because <clears throat> He wants to keep us safe. He's watching over us because He wants to take care of us. And then verse 48, and he saw them toiling and rowing. Watch this next phrase. For the wind was contrary unto them. Number two, very practical. Uh, there were contrary winds. After a miracle, they still faced contrary winds. It was not smooth sailing. You would think after what they saw and they perhaps do, do, perhaps they did what we have a tendency to do when God does something big. Hey, it's just going to be smooth sailing from here. Look at what God has done. Look what we've seen God do. It's just gonna, no problems from here. But let me tell you, friend, anytime you see the hand of God work, there's going to come contrary winds. There's going to come difficulty. Now, I'd be lying to you tonight if I told you in the last 10 months as we try to move forward, there, weren't, well, there was not contrary winds. Because when God begins to do something and God's people step forth by faith, there are going to be contrary winds. It's something for you and I to remember. It's always after a miracle. It's always after we see the hand of God. Those contrary winds are going to come. If it was true in their life, it's true in our life. Are you, are you with me this evening? We move to number three. Look how quick I'm moving. I might get bogged down here in a moment, so don't get too excited. Same verse. And he saw them toiling in rowing. Rowing is hard work. And the third, I'll give you the third, 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 the third point this evening. There was toiling. Rowing <clears throat> is hard work. Rowing uh, is physical exercise. And for them to row across that sea, took some effort. But the wind was also blowing contrary, which made it even more difficult. And when the wind is blowing against their vessel, not just the wind working against them, but then the seas begin to get rough. And it's a little more effort to row. 
And that word toiling is very important because he didn't just see them rowing. He saw them toiling in rowing. That word toiling very simply means to labor with pain. It was difficult. They labored and there was pain involved in order to fight that contrary wind. In order to to finish that next task that God had instructed them to do, he had put them in that ship and he said, go to the other side, go to Caesarea. He had, had, I'm sorry, Bethesda, he said, I send you over there. And it was the next task that they had to do. What were they to do? All they knew is Jesus sent them across there. And he says they were toiling in rowing. They labored with pain. We as Christians need to be reminded. We don't like to be reminded of this, but it's good for us to be reminded so we're not surprised. Living the Christian life and fulfilling what God wants for us to do is not always easy. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it hurts. It's difficult. It's not ease. And so many times, I'm afraid, we fall into this mental trap. We see God do, and we believe God can do anything, don't we? We see Him do miracles, but be reminded... That when that miracle takes place and he sets us forth on the next, next task, that wind begins to, 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 to blow when those winds are contrary. They are toiling in their rowing. I imagine that they had rowed many times across that same body of water. But this time it was different. This time they were laboring in pain. They had done this before. Why isn't it as easy as it had been before? Why is it more difficult than the last time that we did this? Well, simply put, the winds were contrary. And friends, sometimes it's not uncommon for us to have to row. We know that there's things in life we have to do, but sometimes we have to do the ordinary, the mundane, the routine, and sometimes we have to labor in pain. But that's just part of the reality. So this evening, whatever you are are, are laboring in, let me remind you, just because you labor in pain doesn't mean you're on the wrong track. Doesn't mean you're going the wrong direction. It may mean you're going the right direction. It may mean you're, you're, you're going against that contrary wind. And so we saw that there was toiling. And sometimes in the, in the work of the Lord, and sometimes in, in serving the Lord, there is toiling. We don't like to toil. We don't like to labor. We don't like to labor in pain. Uh, but sometimes that takes place. Now, I want to remind you before we get to number four, uh, what the end result was. They considered not the miracle. The end result was they had hardened their heart. Now, what, watch what they went through to get them to that progression. That's what I want to take notice of. They couldn't stay there on the shore and bask in the miracle and just talk about the miracle. I imagine there was a lot of discussion of that. But when God gave them another task, they couldn't talk about what he did anymore. They had to focus on what they were to do. And then in the course of the way, the winds came contrary. Then they toiled. They labored in pain. How did they get to the place where their hearts were hardened? These were the disciples. These were the men who had just watched Jesus break the bread and done a miracle. But yet, the, the Bible says that their hearts were hardened. I think it's possible for a church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church to witness a miracle of the Lord, to see God do a great thing. And then when he says, go down that next road, I want you to, I want you to continue on. We, we can't just sit around all the time and talk about it, although we'd like to. 
Then there's contrary winds in our life, contrary winds and things that we have to labor and toil and inconveniences and things that we don't understand. Why it has to be this difficult? We just saw him do a miracle. Why are we laboring so much? Well, God allows us to go through things because he wants us to trust him in a greater way. But then I give you the end. And it's the answer of why their heart was hardened. Notice verse 52. Let's go back to verse 51. And he went up unto them, into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves. For their hearts were hardened. They watched him walk on the water, and they were amazed by that. You would be too. He gets in the ship, and the storm is calm. They're amazed by that. You would be too. And the reason why they were amazed by that, because their heart was hard, they considered not the miracle of the loaves. While they were in the storm, they weren't thinking about what God had already done. While they were toiling, they weren't thinking about what God had already done. And then when they saw... Jesus walking on that water, that was a greater miracle than what they had already seen. I mean, I don't think they'd ever seen anybody walk on the water before then. He calmed the sea. What a great miracle, and they were afraid. It's another message for another time, but he walked by them, and he didn't speak to them until they spoke to him. He would have just kept on walking. He, the scripture says he would have passed by them, but they, they had not called out to him. What a miracle. And they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Hey, tonight, don't forget the miracle. Collectively, as a church, let's not forget what God has done for us. Let's not forget, hadn't God been so good to us? I was reminded this morning with all this rain that we had a dry parking spot. And again, for those of you that have only been here on this part of the journey, I'm sure you appreciate that, but you do not have the appreciation that those of us who had to canoe to the tent. And there were some services that we were wondering if the water was going to come up under the tent, up on the, up on the slab there. The ducks would have just come right on in and the frogs and all, and all, of, all of that. Uh, but how good has God been to us? Let's not forget the miracle. It doesn't mean, yes, God has done a miracle. Even this year, and I refer back to beginning of the year with our God with us campaign, what God did was a miracle. Beyond our capability, and God used our faith, and God used, used our willingness to step forward to Him, and He did a miracle. And there's some of you, you've already, you, you put that commitment out there and God's already given it to you. He's given it more than you even committed. He has done a miracle. And yes, I'll stand here tonight and tell you, it hasn't moved as fast as I wanted it to move. It hasn't gone the way I wanted it to go. But I'm telling you, the winds blow contrary and we toil and we toil. That does not mean Jesus doesn't know what's going on. 
It doesn't mean he's not walking on the water and he's got a storm. He's going to calm the waters. And just like that, the wind stopped blowing. Just like that, the seas were calm. Just like that, the labor was no more pain. But now the master is in the boat with us and another miracle has been done. I don't want to get to a place in my life where I don't consider what God has already done and my heart hardens to the situation. Well, I just don't understand why God hasn't moved. I just don't understand why God won't open this door for me. I don't understand why things have gotten difficult in this situation and, or whatever may apply to your life personally or, or us collectively. Let's not make the same mistake and have our heart hardened because they considered not the miracle of the loaves. I'm not greatly concerned about the future because I know what God has done for us in the past. And God, from this point, if you were to take this, this chapter and you were to continue reading, we know, most of us know the Bible well enough to know that from what God did with these men, the miracles that they saw from this point on, the things they were involved in. That feeding of the 5,000 was a great miracle. But it was not the last one they were going to see. Probably wasn't the greatest one they were going to see. So God is still the God of miracles, but sometimes we toil a little bit. Sometimes those winds are contrary. It doesn't mean we're going the wrong way. Because I remind you, Jesus was on the land. He was watching them on the sea. And when it was time, he didn't stop the wind. He says, I'm just going to go down there to them. As once he got to them, then they witnessed another miracle. I'm glad I serve the God who still is the God of miracles. And friend, let's be reminded in the days ahead as we point towards the end of the year, moving into a new year, let's not forget what God has done for us. Let's not forget the miracles that He has done. And friend, I'm telling you, we haven't seen the last miracle. We haven't seen the, the last move of God. And sometimes you got to just survive the toiling. You ever feel like you're rowing and you're not going anywhere? Or you're just spinning your tires and I'm putting all this effort and it's, I, I work all, and I'm in the same spot as I've been. It seems like I'm a little backwards where I was before. Well, that's probably how these disciples felt in that boat. Rowing against the wind. Rowing against the sea. Uh, they probably felt like they were going nowhere nowhere fast but yet they were going in the direction that God sent them they were doing what God instructed them to do and God was very aware of their toiling God was very aware of their situation the problem was they forgot what they had already seen they forgot what he had already done as soon as he was walking on the water they should have known who he was before we're too critical of these men, these great men of faith, let's be honest with ourselves. How many times have we forgotten what God has done in our own life? 
How many times have we forgotten the miracles that God has done? How He's always been there right on time. He never promised us that there wouldn't be days of toiling. Matter of fact, the Bible lays an example that there's definitely going to be days of toiling, laboring, difficulty. The winds blow contrary. You know, I'm sure those disciples, they were men just like flesh and blood, just like we are. Imagine they thought, well, why does the wind have to blow? Why can't it just be eased? You ever thought that in your life? Why does God have to? I know there's reasons that God allows things to come in, but it sure would be easier if God would just remove some of these things. I'm the only one who's ever had that conversation. Oh, no. There you are. I mean, you recognize that. It just it sure would be. I mean, I don't. God can do it. Why would I just I just wish the wind wouldn't blow. I just would just wish the, the, the waves wouldn't start crashing and working ahead. It, it was already enough work to, to row to the other side, but now I've got to row against the wind, against the sea. It sure would be easier and better if we didn't have to deal with that. I understand we do. Here we are, but it'd be better. But if the wind wasn't blowing and they weren't toiling as they were toiling, they weren't laboring as they were laboring. There'd have been no need for Jesus to come walking across that water to them. And it was because of the wind they saw Jesus do another miracle. It was because of their toiling they saw Jesus who came to them in a way he had never come to them before. My friend tonight, let's just keep rowing. Let's keep toiling. Let's keep heading the direction that God has sent us. I don't know the winds that may be blowing contrary in your life right now. But reflect back on the miracles that God has done for you. If you're saved tonight, that's the greatest miracle. That's a miracle that God has done for us. Look back on that miracle. But all of us could testify of additional miracles. The hand of God they've done as a church. This is a church that has seen many, many miracles by God. And sometimes it feels like we're toiling, but we're just getting ready for God to do another miracle. For God to calm those winds that are contrary. To cease the winds and the waves from crashing. Let's use these practical things. Let's, let's not forget the miracle. Why do we forget miracles? Because our heart has been hardened. Why does our heart get hardened? Because they, they weren't thinking about what they had just seen God do. They had just seen him do something they had never seen before. They'd already forgotten it. We're already focused on the winds, the seas, the difficulty. If nothing else is accomplished this evening, I hope that what is accomplished is that we take just a few moments and we think about what God has done in our life. Think about the miracles that he's done. You know, if you're frustrated tonight at where you are in your Christian life, you're frustrated with some of the things that are taking place in your life, you're not, the, you're not the only Christian who gets frustrated by that. But let me just help you with your frustration tonight. You know, he's still, he, he's watching over you. And we toil and we don't like it, but don't remind yourself this evening of what you have seen God do. If you're needing a miracle in your life, think about the ones that he's already done. As a church, as we press forward, I want us to be reminded of what God has already done for us. I don't want to be a hard-hearted Christian.
we, sometimes that happens in the life of a Christian. We get hard-hearted. We get callous to the things of God. And simply put, if we would just always take time to think about what He's done for us, to keep our hearts tender and keep us reminded of who it is we serve, what God has done for us. Hey, don't forget the miracle. Don't forget the miracles that God's done in your life. Father, I pray you'll use the message tonight. May we all be reminded.